0: Welcome to the Echo Church Podcast. Echo is a group of people in Cincinnati, Ohio, who love Jesus, love hanging out, and are navigating the ups and downs of our faith together. We're glad you're here. make it we're just gonna chill today I'm gonna have to I might sit for a few minutes. this is the vibe we're going for. We're starting our series it's about peace I'm just feeling peaceful right now all right so we're just gonna we're just gonna hang out together today and I don't know about you but let's just let's just let's just see who's out there. are you are you the person who your holiday vibes come right after Halloween who is out there playing Christmas music as soon as November 1st? Hits the calendar. Anybody? Okay. It's okay. Be brave. Um, some of you, maybe now, maybe now Thanksgiving's over. You, you've given autumn. You've given a, a November. It's due. And now you're ready. And maybe you're, anybody? Anybody go this extreme um, with lights or anything like that? That's a lot of work. I don't do that out of laziness but I do enjoy other people's lights. I just drive to the appropriate houses and and take that in. Or maybe you were just like some people that I know who are just like, let's just get December over with, we're we're over it. Usually that's people who have to work away in retail. Yeah, yeah, you're done with that because you have to be forced to hear that Christmas music over and over. It's the same 10 songs on a loop. My teenage years, I worked at The Limited at the mall. I know. I know these things. So whatever perspective, we're going to just, like, ease into the holiday season together. We're starting a series, but we're just going to, like, like dip a toe into it today. Like, be manger adjacent, okay? So we're going to start with our series, Peace Be With You, because I think we all need it, right? Our staff was talking about what should our Christmas theme be? Like, you know, what do we do? And we're just like, ugh we're just tired. <laughs> we can use some peace. We're like, okay, let's do that. That sounds right. That sounds right. And uh, Shante came up with this idea of looking in the sanctuary in this picture. This is a, a photo that Steve took when we first moved into this building. And she just said, this is what we're inviting people into. That like step inside here together as an Echo family and let's just, let's just hold on to this peace together. Let's Let's work for that together. So there's a lot of places where we seek peace. We're going to We're going to talk about the ways we look forward in relationships or in our emotional health, um, in our mental health, in our, just all the ways. And sometimes there's always kind of like different gauges, you know, there's different pieces of our life and they may be at different levels of peace at different times. And that might make us feel a little off balance, but hopefully we just like, we just realize that that's, that's how life is. So we want to try to define what, what does peace really mean? What was the purpose of Jesus coming What was his true peace all about? And maybe that'll help us gauge, have a stronger foundation for for when the ups and downs come. Because peace doesn't come on cue on December 25th. We all know this. But let's see what this season can be like for us, right? Sometimes we might feel annoyed at Christmas because I'm looking at everybody's, you know, beautiful pictures and be like, how can their life look perfect when mine's a mess? Like, You kind of secretly hope, like, are they hiding some mess? Because I'd really hope for that right now. That's just, yeah, that's the personal, very human side of us. But there's also times where we might feel joyful and we feel maybe a little hesitant to share the joy. If I'm at peace, but I know my friend's not, or clearly the world is not, is it okay? Is it okay to enjoy some when you know that other people are going through turmoil? There's a lot. We carry a lot of things with us each season. But maybe it's highlighted even more during the Christmas season because we know we might have to face some people we don't always love to see or we're missing people and it hurts even more this time of year. So we're just going to come to this season like we do as Echo and all things, realistically, right? We're just going to bring the ups and the downs together. And we're going to jump around a little bit differently. You know, we usually like to pick a book of the Bible and read it through together. But, you know, we're just going to jump around a little bit on the topic of peace this season. It's all going to be kind of connected to Jesus' birth. But here's our lineup, because I like to have, like, themes, because that helps me as I'm studying and writing. So today we have peace, be still. Next week we'll have peace of mind. We'll have inner peace. Peace, we out of here. And finally, on Christmas Eve, we're going to have Sleep in Heavenly Peace, 6 p.m. December 24th. We'll have candles, true flames. We'll be safe, I promise. Children are invited. We want to invite everyone to come along. We're just going to sing together and read scripture. Be very peaceful. So let's begin today with a connection to Galatians because that's where we have been hanging out in this fall And, you know, unbeknownst to me, but God was at work. uh, It was a nice foundation to be laid for us because every chapter in Galatians, Paul was reminding people of their faith, of the reason why Jesus came. So that's a great place to start for us today because we talk about Jesus coming to earth and it's just nice to remember why. We've been recounting that Jesus was the fulfillment of a promise that God made all the way back uh, in Genesis. Open up the Bible and the first book, God is promising to make a way for people. Ever, ever since God created earth, kind of knew, like, gave us, gave us options, maybe knew that we weren't going to always pick the best option, and yet God still, from the very first moment, created people in order to partner with people, to say, I'm not doing anything on my own. God was always involved in people's lives, bringing about joy and redemption for humanity through humanity. And so that's the promise he made to Abraham. And we're going to rewind and remember that God, he started off with a family. And he was like, okay, we've got this plan. We've got this overarching plan that we want to bring. We want to bring peace to earth. And so he chose Abraham and said, I'm going to make you into a new family. I'm going to make all these nations blessed through you. And that was this promise. And so Abraham and Sarah, they were imperfect. We've talked about their stories. And so they struggled to stick with God's plan. So Abraham's family grew bigger and bigger into a nation. We studied earlier this year that they were enslaved in Egypt and that, that was when they were a full people group. And they were intimidating to others because they grew so big. And yet God continued to bless them and to rescue them. And once he brought them out, he's like, okay, until the right time, until the timing is best, I'm going I'm to give you some guardrails in place. So just hang out with this law for a while. And through Moses, Yahweh presented the law to his people, to this nation of Israel. And All along, though, God was, he had these moments, we see these like smaller moments of redemption working toward a bigger plan because God knew that he would always have to be a part of it. And so through, God was getting real creative here. He's like, I'm going to bless you through Abraham, but also I'm going to step in. So Jesus came to earth as God in human form and arrived in the family tree of Abraham. That way, still being part of that promise and yet still being a God who came in to save. And so Jesus came to earth and he was the ultimate sacrifice. He taught, he healed, but ultimately he was born in order to live perfectly and fulfill that law. And then he died as the perfect sacrifice so that everyone who lived before Jesus, their stories could be redeemed and everyone, all of us who live after have the same opportunity for sins done to us and sins we have done to be redeemed, healed, and given us a bright future. So in Galatians, we were reminded 3.13 says, When Jesus was hung on the cross, he took upon himself the curse for our wrongdoing. For it is written in the scriptures, cursed is everyone who is hung on a tree. So that was Paul reminding people of the faith about why Jesus had to die, but he didn't stay in the tomb. And so in 1 Corinthians, Paul spends all this time really trying to help people get the fact that he believes in Jesus's resurrection. And it's important to the faith as well. In 1 Corinthians 15, it says, but Christ has indeed been raised from the dead. The first fruits of those who have fallen asleep, the last enemy to be destroyed is death. And that's a piece of that peace. Jesus didn't just come for a limited time, but wanted to give us peace from fear, peace from worrying about our futures. And so we find that in the empty tomb. But that's the conversation all the people were having in a post-Jesus world. They were trying to look and say, Jesus lived on earth and all these things happened. People said they saw this and saw that. And so then they were trying to look back in scriptures and see how it all worked together to see, put together God's plan. And people have been digging through the scriptures ever since, parsing every word, trying to just see the big picture that God had planned. And so let's rewind a little further back and look at some of that prophecy, the word that God had spoken through human beings, because he's always working through humans. And he kept trying to give people messages throughout time. And it was in order to just so, like, give you a little bit of hope. Because the world is still broken, so let's give you hope to the next stage. And so in about 8th century BCE, so before Jesus lived, um, kingdoms were at war with one another. People were biased against each other. People were tried to subjugate and have power and control over. And we can feel that still today. But Isaiah wrote these words in such turmoil. He wrote Isaiah 11, which said, A shoot will come up from the stump of Jesse. And Jesse is the father of the famous King David. And from his roots, a branch will bear fruit. So we're envisioning this big family tree starting to happen. And at some point, a branch of that family tree He will strike the earth with the rod of his mouth, and with the breath of his lips he will slay the wicked. Righteousness will be his belt, and faithfulness the sash around his waist. It sounds like a very powerful person. And in Isaiah's day, and in our day, we look around and we still see that we still want someone who has any sort of power in order to bring about true justice. And Put, us up, put away wickedness, and we long for it. And yet, with that power, this is what the promised person was going to do. Verse 6 continues, The wolf will lie with the lamb. The leopard will lie down with the goat. The calf and the lion and the yearling together, and a little child will lead them. The cow will feed with the bear. The young will lie down together together. The lion will eat straw like the ox, and the infant will play near the cobra's nest. The young child will put its hands into a viper's nest, and they will neither harm nor destroy on all my holy mountain. As for the earth, it will be filled with the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. So in Isaiah, he describes this powerful person, and then we read this stanza. And the word peace is never used, and yet it's a visual we can feel it when we hear these words i'm sure that in these moments isaiah is imagining who the wolf is who the leopard is in his day and yet he got a vision from god that there would be peace and it's nice to think of cute fuzzy animals when really we think about the the great evil that has ha- the predators in our lives The times we feel like prey. And yet Isaiah was calling out, given a word from the Lord to say Jesus would bring peace to our lives like this. Like this visual of unity, of calm. And Jesus was bringing a way for people to put down weapons and victims to find confidence again. There's a lot that we can see, a lot of emotions we can feel in this imagery. And yet, we still don't see it, right? The world doesn't look peaceful yet. If Jesus was that promised branch, then where is it? Because our eternal peace was secured through Jesus. We just talked about that. Um, but now what? Well, remember when I said God likes to partner with people? Well, this gets to be our job now. As followers of Jesus, we're called to enact Jesus' peace, to display it, to demonstrate, to teach others what it means. And we're asked to live out this scenario. We're asked to consider the ways we've been predators. We're asked to consider how we can find healing as prey. We're asked to trust that God can heal the hard hearts and the broken hearts. And we're asked to live like we know this peace so that others can find it out as well. And so Jesus offers the peace of unity and salvation and hope equally to everyone. And it's our job to ask, how are we sharing Jesus's peace? We're a part of the puzzle. We're a part of the way that this will come to fruition. Verse 6 says, a little child will lead them. And so now we step into our Christmas story. We may be able to grasp why Jesus came, to fulfill promises, to bring salvation, to provide peace. But he had to get to earth to do it. So we're kind of like, maybe we're baffled, like a child, a helpless baby. Why not just arrive as a stranger with like secret superpowers? I mean, we see that in movies all the time. But God's creativity at work was to become a human raised by humans. And I know that that was my little, that was my little elf nod because it's my favorite Christmas movie. Um, so we're humans raised by humans and God was like, well, Jesus is going to live from birth to death in the same setup. So not only is he going to be the redemption and the superhero in our story, but he's going to live every moment through the tears and, and, and aching back and sore hands from masonry or carpentry or whatever his day job was for so many years and but he also felt energy and joy and compassion and all the emotions and all the things that we go through in our human bodies Jesus experienced as well and so that's a gift it's a gift of a way to say that Jesus wanted to feel what we felt like in the tension of not having peace and yet Jesus stepped in in order to live like us and to fulfill that promise of a human bringing about redemption. And so we celebrate a helpless baby in a tiny town of Israel because that's who Jesus would grow up to be. And literally and figuratively, there's darkness right now because our days are getting shorter. It's kind of nice to end the year on a and I thought of, like, if we're going to celebrate anything in Jesus' life, let's remember the happy, cute little baby. Now, babies aren't always this quiet and nice. But when they are, when they're sleeping, and you're snuggling them, I had the opportunity to see um, someone holding a precious little sleeping baby. And they did that thing where they smile in their sleep. And this proud auntie was holding on to this baby. And I could see the peace in that moment. So I think it's kind of interesting that God was like, we're going to have the big power of the world arrive in a very snuggly form. And maybe his first moments brought peace for people to pass baby Jesus around. And the relatives and the friends could just sniff his newborn head and uh, snuggle him a little bit tighter. And in that way, Jesus brought some peace right from the beginning. Now, Jesus' relative, he, uh, there was, we talk about Mary having a cousin Elizabeth and her husband named Zachariah. These are some folks that we can read about in Luke chapter 1. And Zechariah was a prophet, and he was having his own son who we would know as John, John the Baptist. It's kind of his nickname. But Zachariah, when, when his son was born, and he was just this tiny little baby like this, He was overwhelmed not only with love and with excitement, but God gave him a word. He gave him a word to speak about the future of his baby, but not just his, but his relative Jesus who was getting ready to be born. And these two tiny cute babies had some great purpose in their lives that they would fulfill. So Zachariah's words are sometimes read this Christmas season, but if we look at it, it's everything that we've been talking about, the promise that was ancient, the rescue from evil, the salvation that was at hand, the peace that would be offered through Jesus. Luke chapter 1, beginning in verse 67, says this. Zechariah was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied, praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel, because he has come to his people and redeemed them. He has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David as he said through his holy prophets of long ago salvation from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us. He'll show mercy to our ancestors and remember his holy covenant, the oath he swore to our father Abraham to rescue us from the hand of our enemies, enable us to serve him without fear and holiness and righteousness before him all of our days. And you, my child, he's speaking to John, will be called a prophet of the Most High. That's Jesus. For you will go on before the Lord to prepare a way for him, to give his people the knowledge of salvation through the forgiveness of sins, because of the tender mercy of God, by which the rising sun will come to us from heaven. That's Jesus again. To shine on those living in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the path of peace. Zachariah got to speak all of those beautiful things. He got to speak of the full path of Jesus' fulfillment right there. I was giving names, like I said, to my notes each week, and this one bounced around a little. I didn't really know. I didn't feel settled. I didn't have peace about it for a while. I tried to look up the, old, the past Christmases we've talked about things because this is a story we talk about every year what's what's fresh, Lord? What's What do we need to hear right now? I keep asking. Sometimes that comes at different times. But it came for me when I came upon a song and a story that I learned, Peace Be Still, were the words that Jesus spoke to calm a storm. And you can see it in the gospels that he and his disciples were out on a boat and he's taking a great nap because Jesus is the God of naps and I love that. And his disciples are a little nervous because a wind and waves and rain. And so Jesus, they wake him up, and he, and he says these words, Peace, be still. And the storm stopped. And those words became a hymn, and it was recorded as a gospel song by the church choir of the Angelic Choir of the First Baptist Church in New Jersey in 1963. And the timing of the song's actual release was pretty poignant because it was four days after a devastating bombing of a church in Alabama. The 16th Street Baptist Church in Birmingham was racially targeted by the KKK because it was a black church that cared about people's rights. And so four girls were killed and many more were injured. And so while that church had experienced such trauma, this song was put out on the airwaves, and people were clinging to it, and they were singing a cry of peace. And I'm sure it felt so therapeutic, but also so burdensome. Peace be still soared to the top of the charts and sold millions for decades. And one of the original choir members, now in her 80s, recalled the combination of external turmoil, but also internal peace that she experienced while they sang those words. She said, we weren't so disturbed that we couldn't serve the Lord. We knew the Lord, and we were there to praise and lift up his name. That was the purpose. We were just there to praise the Lord and thank him that we were able to make it. And sometimes that's the peace that we have. Sometimes we're just going to God and saying, thanks that we made it another day, another year? Because in December, we think about all the, each year is held. And maybe for you, it's held some pretty hard times. Maybe some conflict, maybe some pain and loss. Maybe you've had some waves of joy and new life and excitement, new opportunities in your life. And all of that, all of that, we can bring to the Lord and ask for His peace to be over it. Because we can sing or shout or be still and quiet and pray and cry. And we can ask for that peace. We can ask for God's presence. We can pause and think about our year. And we can want others to have peace along with us. So let's remember the words peace, be still. Think about Isaiah 11, and we long for the peace to be in our world full of conflict. We can pray Zachariah's spirit-filled words in Luke 1 because we're called to take part of that peace. It says, "Guide our feet into the path of peace," and remember that we're part of that. We're part of enacting it. How are we sharing Jesus's peace? Whether it's in December, whether it's in the new year, next spring, and summer. How are we taking Jesus' peaceful presence with us into places? How are we sitting still and asking for his strength to live again the next day? And whoever we come into contact with, we can pray, Peace, Lord, we want your peace in our lives, but we want it for others. How can we be instruments of your peace in the world? So that's our challenge for this week to sit still and to ask for strength to live it out. Will you pray for with me? Lord, we thank you for reminders that your peace gives us hope for eternity, but that we're called to live out your peace now as much as possible in our lives. Help us to communicate to people with power, to people with nothing, to people we like, and to people we're in conflict with. Help us to represent your peace in the way we live, in the way we trust in you, in the way we are sitting still in your presence. We thank you for the healing you bring by being in the world. And as we remember your arrival this month, we we just ask you to give us the wisdom to live in it today live in your love and live in your presence in this busy time of year and find your peace we lift your name high amen thank you for the gift of your attention today If you ever want to join Echo Church in person, we meet on Sundays at 10.30 a.m. You'll find us at 1301 East McMillan Street. That's in the Walnut Hills neighborhood of Cincinnati, Ohio, just up the street from our city's beautiful Eden Park. Find out more about us on our website, echochurch.org. Have a great week.